Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. And uh, also wanted to let you guys know that I am still learning how to do or use this microphone. So it's <laughs> it's been a challenge because I don't know much about technology. So I'm learning what kind of stuff to put on it to alter the sound. It is not like the previous set microphone that I had, but I'd love your feedback on it. You can always email me at T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A 8888 at gmail.com. And you can also let me know if you have any recommendations for any topics. And uh, I'm going to do a future series on specifically love lessons and different kinds that we need to face and confront within ourselves and with, uh, when definitely we're with other people. So let me know if that's exciting to you. Uh, that would be great to know if you have anything that you would like to submit when it comes to love lessons you've learned and that you can definitely contribute to other people's progress as well. So we all help one another out. It's a great thing. So I've been kind of reflecting on what I wanted to do this weekend when it comes to a topic that I want to address. I'm telling you, I had like quite a few ideas, but none necessarily inspired me fully until the idea of self-compassion. And um, it got me thinking about maybe why I do what I do for a living and really what it is that I do. And if I can sum it down to one simple thing, and that's making sure that you as an organism are treating yourself well, and that you are using your gifts as a human to its best potential. It's difficult when we learn to work against ourselves and this starts early on in our conditioning. We learn certain beliefs that we continue to play out in adulthood. Even if they don't work, you know, the subconscious can't tell between what you want to keep or what you want to throw away. If you tell your subconscious that it needs to hold on to those beliefs and you never check them, they will certainly stay there. Not because they're true, but as I always say, because they are familiar and the power always lies in the familiar. So we want to make sure that we expose your brain today to all the beliefs that could be holding you back from upgrading your self-love or self-compassion, specifically self-compassion, because I am trying to be as generous and as graphic as I can in identifying how self-compassion really needs to be front and center in your life. Because look, I don't know what the heck we could be doing every day, all day long. If we're not working on the inside climate, our inside inner world, however you want to call it, if we're not working on that and that is not a priority and I'm sitting there working on all other stuff, I am spread too thin. I become easily overwhelmed and irritable. There is no spaciousness within me. There's no peace within me. I make impulsive decisions. I have um, 
no way to see people with compassion or generosity because I am on the inside so freaking unaccepting of me is the best way to say that. Uh, not compassionate to myself is another way to say that. So that is why today I want us to expose those beliefs. And I'm going to start with those beliefs right now. The first belief I want us to expose, and it's really a myth, is that somehow we focus on building a support system. <laughs> okay. This is, this is kind of like a, a, I guess maybe I'm using it the wrong way, but let's go ahead and try it out. But like a buzzword or a buzz phrase, like I need a support system. The whole thing is just, it's, it's gotten too far. I get a support system perhaps as a way to transition, but you are a support system, the primary source of support for you on the inside and whatever that lives within you. So a lot of people might depend on friends, might depend on family. This is my bestie. This is who I talk to about my life and I get great advice from that person. But in reality, it's kind of like everybody is allowed to work on you except you. This is the best way to say that. So that's not how you're built. You're actually built as the best support system for yourself. But somewhere along the line, we lost trust with that self inside that we need to have more faith and trust in. Now, the support system that we're talking about, again, is good for transitions, right? So if I'm, some, if I'm, <clears throat> if I'm going to therapy, uh, for example, I'm dealing with a therapist that's a part of a support system, but I promise the therapist is not, she's not wanting to create, or he's not wanting to create dependence on them. So at one point they're going to discharge you because you will meet your goals. That's the essential outcome here that we want is for people to meet their goals. I'm, I, I don't want to be a therapist to one person for, uh, years and years on. We, we want to make sure that we create this autonomy and the self-trust. So again, a support system needs to be checked. If I'm doing too much or putting too much dependence on a support system and that's all I need. And I even use it as a way to like feel sorry for myself because I don't have a support system. Again, it's like the whole thing is just used the wrong way, the wrong way. Okay. So don't take it to extremes. A support system, I just told you what it's for. Keep it in a good place, a safe place. You are the primary, the primary built-in support system, fully stocked with what you need. However, again, we lose touch with that through the years, but we'll, we, we want to come back to it. Another belief that I want you guys to pay attention to is <clears throat> the old belief that it's selfish to think about yourself. And I, I can, <laughs> I can vouch that I've had some conditioning growing up where, you know, uh, you know, I, I've seen martyrs in my life that may have just given to everybody and they're just so exhausted and they come home and they're just like, I, I'm so tired. I work all day. And they're like, <laughs> it's, almost seems like it could be compassionate, except they throw it at your face. So they're exhausted on the inside, right? Because they're, there's no boundaries. They're spreading themselves too thin. They're trying to accomplish stuff, but they're not recognizing or getting in tune with themselves on the inside, what they would like to do, what they feel good about doing or not feel good about doing, 
right? That's what, why we need this gauge to be built within us because that's the gauge that tells us, oh, enough is enough. I need to, to stop this madness. I need to stop my self-destructive behaviors, my self-sabotaging behaviors. We need that, that gauge to click in, right? To help save us from crossing that boundary. So when I think it's selfish to think about myself, it has been the wrong conditioning. If there's such a thing, the wrong conditioning since we've been growing up, uh, a lot of us have it. If we want to really admit it, that it is selfish to think about ourselves, but in reality, it, it is actually the only thing we're capable of doing. I can't think and feel for other people. I can only think about my own thoughts, but a lot of the times when I'm not aware of myself and I haven't done really a lot of work on uh, increasing self-awareness on the inside, what's going to end up happening is that the lines between what I think about people right? Is going to blur between me and people. So I really will believe when I think a person is looking at me thinking that they are better than me. Like I will really believe that I'm a freaking psychic who thinks, who knows, shit, who knows that this other person is thinking about me and putting me down in their mind. Okay. That's why that blurriness is a delusion. It's a delusion of uh, this conditioning that I, I don't, I don't want to think about myself. I don't even acknowledge it at that point. We're not even acknowledging that these are my disturbed thoughts and that really everybody gets to suffer from them because I'm sitting there judging the hell out of them thinking that's really, you know, um, that I'm really right, that I'm, I'm truthful, but it's, it's not, it's not. So it is actually a myth when you think it's selfish to think about yourself because that's all you're built to do. We do not have other gifts to think and feel for people. Unfortunately, we, we don't. Um, we can intuitively assess perhaps, but even with that, you have to use a lot of clarity and that's why we need self-compassion to get more of that clarity. But we'll talk about that in a second. At 10 minutes already. Whew. Okay. The next belief I need you to get a hold of is, or myth that may, may, we may have grown up with is I can become an arrogant person when I think that I'm worthy or that I'm, I'm a good person. And, you know, but, but this is the idea that <laughs> we need you to think that we need you to think that think of everybody around you that loves you really needs you to think that you are worthy because when you are worthy, you make decisions like worthy people do. And so the more you rehearse these decisions and make them, even if you don't feel worthy, but you just know that you're going to, you are worthy you, deep down inside into all of you, you know that, that you're worthy. Eventually you will treat people better and other people won't have to do any worrying about you because you're, you're self-sufficient on the inside. You're able to heal on the inside by just perceiving you are worthy. And all the decisions that you're going to be making really are of those, uh, that think that they are worthy. Okay. I hope that makes sense. Okay. The fourth belief or myth that I want us to all uh, really visit and start cracking down on. Okay is that compassion is all about giving. Uh, no, 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 no. It is, it is not all about giving. As a matter of fact, compassion is about giving and receiving properly. And, and that's what makes it compassionate. Because sometimes I need to take away something from a person that may hurt them, right? If I give it to them. 
So for example, if I know there's a drug addict, I don't want to give them money because <laughs> even though they ask for it, it might appear compassionate, but my lack of boundaries really is going to, uh, is going to make that decision for me, which comes really from my lack of self-compassion because I feel some kind of guilt because I'm guilting myself. That's what happens with people that do not have self-compassion. They guilt and shame themselves all day long. And that's what's going to make that decision for you. I'm going to give that person money. They're going to go hurt themselves. But with self-love and self-compassion, I'm going to make a decision with clarity. And that means that I do not give this person something that I know will eventually harm them. That is compassion, friends. It's not all about giving. A lot of the times it's about making the decision to receive or to take away. Okay. So, and of course I'm oversimplifying. There's probably more definitions of compassion, my friend, but I'm just limiting it because it's already 13 minutes <laughs> and I want to have compassion on you. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Okay. So these are the only like four beliefs that I've talked about, but I'm going to go into details of truths about self-compassion that we need to start replacing these old beliefs with. So self-compassion is another way to say that on the inside, I am gentle and kind with myself. I am easily forgiving. I don't hold a grudge on me. I seek to understand and know for sure that my intentions are good. They're always good. Sometimes I could misjudge a situation because I'm human. But when I find that I'm misjudged, I take responsibility for what is mine and then I make the correct amends to it. But if I don't have all this wonderful things, the kindness, the gentleness, then I'm going to walk around with that arrogance we're talking about, that real arrogance. I'm going to justify nasty behaviors towards people and towards myself because I don't want to take responsibility for whatever thing that's making me upset or discouraged or disappointed or whatever would get me riled up. I hope that makes sense. So self-compassion is something that you practice every day. You practice it until it becomes second nature, just like the earlier conditioning, like those old beliefs I talked about, those took years in the making. So when you work on these new beliefs and understanding them better, rehearsing them over and over again, buying into them on purpose, this will take a lot less time for you to change those old beliefs. These new beliefs will come as second nature to you. And there's a benefit to them that, I mean, hell, I can't, I can't say enough about them, but the first thing I am going to say as a benefit would be that your body does not suffer the impact of stress because on the inside, you're very compassionate. Again, you're a self-healing mechanism. You are a self-understanding, uh, uh, self-forgiving, self-loving. Those feelings or hormones that you produce when you are feeling love, kindness, um, relaxation, all of those act as a way to heal your body. Now, if you are not commonly producing those things, then you're producing something else. And that could cause stress and impact on your body impact that we may commonly in the mainstream know as uh, hypertension. <laughs> it can impact organs, heart, the brain, it can impact anything that you can think of strokes, heart attacks, uh, the, you know, the, the common stuff that we can get from stress and even stuff that you don't even think you can get from stress. But I promise that if you, if you've known people that are very stressed, they always get sick and they get sick with some funky 
and I mean funky different diseases that you're like, how does this person get sick with that? But it's stress, it's stress induced. You impact your body, you force it basically all day long to, to, and you mistreat it on the inside. And of course, it's going to punish you and not because it wants to, but it perceives that it's being punished, right? That it needs to be punished because it's been so naughty. It's been so bad. And all these stressful hormones are causing this tension within your body. So of course it's going to act out and manifest in some way. I hope that makes sense. That is the number one benefit basically of self-compassion. Now, the second thing is, um, you tend to give more generously, believe it or not, when you have plenty on the inside. So for example, that would go for, if I'm very patient and forgiving on the inside, you better believe it's easy for me to hand it to another person because I'm not saying shit like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. I would say, you know what? I've done that before. And that would be, you know, it's forgivable. You know, don't worry about it. It's cool. And I can get somebody else to calm down when they're really hard on themselves. So that's what I mean about if you don't have it, you can't give it away. It, it just downright impossible. Imagine a person who's really highly stressed on the inside and you've heard this term, hurt people, hurt people. And that's, that is a real thing. That is a real thing. But just like the other way it could go, which is healed people, heal people from their behaviors, from the way they respond. So as a parent, it's very common for me to not overimpose my beliefs on the inside that I have on the inside that maybe I grew up with. I won't impose them on my child if I think they're just, they're just, they don't make sense, right? I will let my child be... Uh, as free as they can be to explore who they really are and learn to trust themselves. But if I don't trust myself and I'm not to be trusted on the inside and I've been so bad and I've treated people so good and I know that people are no good on the inside unless you straighten them out, <laughs> then more than likely that's exactly how I'm going to treat my kid. Does that make sense? So I cannot give what I don't have. The spaciousness that I have on the inside that generosity would come out easily to other people because I would not be hungry or starving on the inside for it. I'd have plenty to hand out. And I'm sitting all day long producing this self-compassion business. I'm all day long forgiving myself. I'm all day long working with myself. Like I am my best friend, not my worst enemy, as I always say that, but you know how I love repetition. So that one belief I need us to change in two, right? To take off the old suit, old beliefs and change into a new suit. Now, the third belief I want you guys to, to pay attention to when it comes to truth about self-compassion is that self-compassionate people tend to help people that are having a problem by them not becoming a problem. So what I mean by that is they tend to have or practice, and I mean because it requires practice because we're all human, okay? of understanding that if a person is rude, if a person is uh, angry or hurt, a person with self-compassion understands their own suffering, understands how they've had to work on their own self-love and pain, and that they understand the difference also between being uh, in the old way and old beliefs of not compassionate to myself versus today's self-compassion. And they know that difference. So they will do whatever it takes to make sure that the other person is not hindered uh, by them being as being the problem. What I mean by that is that let's say somebody starts an argument with me. I will 
be very aware that I give the response that is the most um, generous, the most kind. I might have to use a tone that is firm, but is still going to be conveyed with with good intentions. Okay, so it's done with with balance. It's done with insight and thought, because. If somebody's yelling at me, and let's say I'm get, I'm getting all brewed on the inside, I'm starting flames, <laughs> I'm angry, I'm getting angry at what this person, how this person is talking to me, da da da. A person with self compassion can quickly put out that fire, and they can understand that. Listen, I remember when I used to talk to people that way, and I used to perceive people that way because I was hurt. and I had no self love on the inside, and this person, I I'm reminded. That I was that way, and from that place, I can show compassion. And so, I may not argue back. I may actually uh, provide the space for them to vent. I may even show them generosity by acting in no offense, won't hold a grudge. I might even do them a favor um, or, or something. But it will be something that is not deserved. Does that make sense? It's not that they have to earn it or deserve it. Because I have plenty of spaciousness on the inside, again, I can give more on the outside. Okay, but this comes from truly understanding yourself, your own suffering, understanding how you demonstrate hurt towards other people. Whether it's holding a grudge, whether it's um, talking to them in some rude way, judging another person, all that really is not about the other person. I promise. Most of the time, you'll find if you really are practicing self honesty, that this is all a problem about your self love or your self compassion. The talk on the inside of you is not generous. It might be wound up really tight and very self-judging, very uh, self-deprecating. And I have no other choice a lot of the times except to use, of course, of course, what I have on the inside. Listen, people are not that sophisticated that they can fake the outside to be absolutely generous and kind and da 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 da, and and. and and be different on the inside, like, oh, I'm, I'm just like, I can't believe I'm, this person's so rude. A lot of the times, it would look fake. It would be, mm, I would be giving, but I would expect something back. So you, you wouldn't be a really a generous giver or the kind of compassionate giver I'm talking about here, right? I might give and later become resentful because I gave to them, but they never really gave me a present back when I gave them one on their birthday or never gave them a car or they never gave me a card or make, gave me a call. You know, we, we just won't let people go. We'll assess them and evaluate them. Not because of what people are doing. No, no, no. Again, it's because of what you're doing to yourself on the inside right? You, you are not compassionate yourself to yourself. You're saying all these people are out to get you in another way, right? Like that's basically what you're saying. These people are out to get me. They're mistreating me because I'm not worthy. And you're reminding yourself that you're not worthy. Nobody, the, Nobody's doing that for you. You're doing it for yourself. So go back to compassion, friends. Go back to understanding that you are not the center of people's world. And thank goodness for that. I'm not the center of people's world. Thank goodness for that. But you are in charge very much of the garden that you have on the inside. And you are very much in charge of the inner world that you are born with. If you d have disengaged from it at one point, which is basically most of our journeys, right? A lot of us have been disengaged from that 
person on the inside, that compassion on the inside, the belief that we are worthy and we are to be trusted. We've disengaged from that at one point. And our journey is all about coming back home to that. So bring yourself back home. The faster you do it, the bigger the upgrades you'll have in your life. Imagine a world where you live in a paradise within. That's exactly what it feels like, people. It is not a lie. And I'm not the only one who says that. Take a look around. Watch people that are peaceful. What do they tell you about how they live their lives? What kind of decisions they make? Think about the most compassionate person you ever met. Why were they so compassionate? Did they give you time? Did they give you space? Did they not become the problem when you were having a problem? What did they show you? You know, you were there. When we are working on self-compassion, it is a daily thing. It is a daily thing. I need to start listening to how I talk to myself about myself. Do I sound generous? Do I sound kind? Do I sound compassionate? Do I sound like a person that can definitely think the best of me and my intentions? Do I sound like I trust myself and when that when I don't trust something or don't know something, I'm able to ask for help because I have plenty of humility that says I'm worthy whether I ask for help or that I can do it on my own. Create the spaciousness on the inside to be whatever you want to be without judgment. And in that way, we start living authentically. And what I mean by authentically is that we have the clarity within to do so. That clarity that can only come with this spaciousness, this non-resistance on the inside. I can live life, learn the lessons I need to learn because I'm able to learn without shame, without guilt. I'm able to look at my past and what I've suffered through and respect my journey, look at it with compassion to myself and to others. I can look at how I may have treated or mistreated people in the past and learn to forgive myself. And in doing so, I may not have been able to change the past, but I promise you, I can change whether in the future when somebody is absolutely <laughs> just hurtful, I can give them the spaciousness and the patience that I give myself today and that I know how to do now because I've practiced it. And that's how you can be useful. And that is, my friend, very contagious. Because when somebody sees your patience with them and your compassion towards them, it inspires them to do that and give that back to another person. And next thing you know, there's more goodness in the world because it started with you. So, I thank you in advance. Buddha said that if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. I'm sending you love, light, and the spaciousness of self-compassion to heal others. This has been an episode of Drive Through.